Hello guys and welcome to Midday Matcha with Libby. Clearly I am fucking Libby. When you guys are listening to this, it is going to be my motherfucking birthday, okay? Another year around the sun is what everybody says. I don't really know what the fuck that means. I'm excited because it's my fucking birthday. So I have a lot of fun stuff planned for this weekend. Since it is my birthday, I am going to do a year recap. I'm going to recap my entire year for you guys to get to know me a little bit better. Last year, my friend's birthday is June 4th. Mine's June 25th. So we did her birthday, our joint birthday, and then my birthday. So the whole entire month of June, we were just partying every single weekend, out to the clubs, dinners, nice stuff, looking cute all those things. It was honestly probably like my favorite month. And then we ended off that entire month with a music festival, which was very fun. So June last year was a really great month. So after my birthday in June, I was in the process of putting on my first live comedy sketch show. And in that I was the director, producer, writer and performer. So I did it all. I know people are kind of curious as to like what I do for that. I do everything. I take care of legal work. I take care of casting. I take care of every single thing possible for that entire show. I write an entire show. I put it on its feet. It's a lot of stress. Honestly, it's probably one of the most stressful things I've ever done. A lot of people hire directors if they're going to do a show. And I was like, you know what? No, I think I can direct it. And it actually turned out really well, so I can't complain, but we're going to get into that. I spent the first half of July in Aspen. I told you guys I travel with the family I nanny for. They have a home in Aspen. While I'm in Aspen, I get the news that my cousin died. Oh my God, I know I'm like making it sound funny and stuff. It was actually a terrible moment, and I just don't know how to like... I laugh when things are uncomfortable, but yeah, we started off July with a bang. My cousin died. It's heartbreaking. It's terrible. It's so sad. In that moment, when I found out that news, my entire life changed forever. The way I look at life, every single thing about it changed forever. And it really changed me as a person as well. And it showed me a lot of pain, but it also, it showed me so much. It started July off and that was a rough one to start off with that. I found that out my last day in Aspen. Then I had to fly home from Aspen. That entire weekend, I was going to be at Northwestern because that's where my cast was. And I had to do all this work for my show still because we were doing opening night that weekend. So flew home from Aspen on a Friday, got to my uncle's and to see my cousins and my family. I was there for maybe an hour and then I had to head to Evanston for the entire weekend So the rest of Friday, all of Saturday, all of Sunday, and that Sunday night is when we put on our opening show. To have all that information and that pain with me, I just knew I needed to push it aside in a way. I know that sounds fucked up to be like, I had to push my pain aside, but I had to push my pain aside so I could perform this show because this show meant so much to me and it was a really big deal, especially at my age. Nobody's really doing that at my age. Yeah, I had to push all that pain away and just kind of go on stage, perform, and act like nothing happened. After opening night, it went beautifully, if you guys were fucking curious. An amazing show. After that, 
I had my cousin's funeral. Okay, this is not funny. I told you guys, I'll always tell you guys, to the traumatic situations, I'm bringing comedy to my trauma. I told my uncle, yeah, don't worry, I'll do one of the readings from, like, the Bible passages at the funeral. Like, he was asking everyone, nobody wanted to do it because... Nobody wanted to go up there in front of everybody and do this. And I was like, no, fuck it. Like, I'll do it. Whatever. Day of the funeral. Not going to hold anything back. All of my cousins and I were pretty drunk. To deal with the pain at a young age of a young person dying. I don't know how anybody gets through those funerals sober. And if you do, congratulations. But that just wasn't the vibe for me. So I had a little bit to drink before. I had a lot. I think I did smoked. I was fucking crossed, okay? I should have burned when I went in the church, but I didn't. And then it was my turn to read the passage. I'm about to read my passage. And at the top is the Philippians or what? Yeah, I think I keep saying it wrong. The Philippians. In my head, all I could see was Filipinos. And I was like, there is no way I'm about to say Filipinos at my cousin's funeral, like a passage from the Filipinos, but that is exactly what my mind was reading. I'm sure it was the alcohol, but that's what my mind was reading. So I'm sitting up there in front of hundreds of people like, holy fuck, like Filipinos. Like, I, there's no way I can say that because I know, and I just couldn't get the name of what the actual passage was in my head whatsoever. I said, a passage from the, you all know, you guys know, you know. And then I went on with my reading. I looked into the audience. Everybody was in awe that I just said that. Everybody was like, what the fuck? And I just walked down smiling with my drunk self and I took my drunk self down and sat in the fucking pews with my family while I got dirty looks from every single person in the church. And you know what? None of those fuckers wanted to volunteer to read and I did. So at least I tried. No one said I was going to succeed, but at least I tried. So then we have August. I am not going to lie. I was extremely high all of August because I didn't know how to cope with my pain properly. And I just really couldn't handle the fact of my cousin dying. So I just decided to get super fucking high every day. And I really didn't realize I was high until August was over and I didn't remember any of it. I don't recommend that and I don't think that's a good idea, but that's exactly what I did all of August. So I don't really know what happened in August that much. But I did finish one of my comedy programs, like the comedy school that I go to. I finished their entire program and I was a graduate in that program, which was pretty exciting. September was a great month. I signed for my first apartment. No co-signer. That was pretty fucking exciting because I'm pretty young to be able to do that. As well as I, my fucking God, let my ex back into my life because, you know, I was in pain. I was, I don't know, when you lose somebody, I just think you think of every single person that's ever been in your life and you're just kind of like, oh, Oh my God, I never want to have a bad term with anybody because you really never know when it's going to be someone's last day. So my ex and I got close again. And and mind you, I told you I was high all of August. It didn't hit me until I moved into my apartment that I had actually lost my cousin. So that was when the pain started coming in and I was texting him and he was like, hey, why don't I come over with some weed and we talk about your cousin? And I was like, that's so sweet fucking asshole. Anyways, I'm just going to sum it up and say like my ex really broke my heart that month. And so from September to about December, I was in a lot of pain, not only about my cousin, but also like with things that happened with my ex. We were no longer in communication after that night. And it was a really painful situation to already having 
been dealing with death and then I have to deal with like the pain of my ex too. So your bitch was a sad bitch in September. But you know what? Some really great things happened. School started. I mean, that's not like a great thing, but like I did get a sign for my apartment. So I wasn't going to let any of like the negative stuff that was happening get in the way of the fact that I accomplished big things in September as well. September was a month of pain. I went to a psychic in September and she changed my fucking life. She just kind of told me everything I needed to really hear in that moment. Was first of all actually very blunt and was like you're in a lot of pain. Like I can see that you're in a lot of pain and I was like I fucking can bet you can see I'm in a lot of pain. Look how puffy my fucking eyes are. Of course I'm in a lot of pain. Kind of just went in on me but I took everything she said and I applied everything she told me to do. It was kind of like one of the best experiences of my life going to that psychic and I decided to do a social media blackout to actually heal myself. So I just deleted every single one of my apps. Really just spent time healing myself because I was going to Florida October so I was like you know what. I'm not going to go on any of my social media until October. I'm really going to take this time just to fully heal myself and do everything I can to feel everything I need to feel. In October, I was still in my social media blackout. So I went to Florida, a really nice part of Florida for 10 days, which was a really nice break. So it was like the best sushi of my life, snorkeling, pool days. I also went to Miami to visit my friend. So I had like two trips inside of one trip. And it was so much fucking fun. Oh my God, best sushi of my life. Literally, I spent every single day at the pool. I was just like tanning all day. I looked tan as shit. It was really nice. I miss it. But yeah, Florida was like so much fucking fun. And I feel like I really needed that after like the stressful fucking year and all the pain I was dealing with. So then we have Halloween. Okay, Halloween, obviously I spent Halloween in the clubs. I was a little angel following that all-nighter. I had a hair appointment. You guys already know me and my fucking hair. My hair does not go well. These stories about my hair never end well. I'm going to post to Midday Matcha's Instagram exactly what had happened with my hair. I showed this lady a picture of blonde highlights. I'm just going to post it because you guys can like follow along the story with me. I was bawling my eyes out in the salon. She dyed my hair gray. I could have fucking killed that bitch. I still hate that bitch. And I am so fucking passionate about the fact that she doesn't know how to fucking do hair. And I went into some random salon in Chicago. I asked for blonde highlights. I walked out with gray brunette hair. It wasn't even in a hair color. I had a rocket for months, mind you, because I couldn't keep damaging my hair. And I walked around with the most fucking weird hair color of my entire life. The next day I wake up and my finger is fat as fuck, swollen as shit. I try and get this ring off. I'm trying to do every single thing I can to get this ring off of my fucking finger. It's not coming off my finger whatsoever at all. So I had to go to the hospital and they had to cut a ring off of my finger. Now we get to the part of November where I met a man. I did meet a man in November and this story gets a little fucked up, okay? So I'm in this club and I'm with my friend and we're, there's two parts of the club. There's the dance floor area and then there's the VIP. You don't go into VIP unless you know somebody. And I was having a lot of fun with my friend. We were dancing. Best music that night, honestly. Living it up in the club. And I always stand by this statement. You're never going to find your 
has been in the club. So like any guy that really tries to talk to me in the club, I kind of just dismiss them because I stand by that. I'm like, I'm not going to find my fucking husband in the club. I'm good. Like, I don't really want to talk to any of you fucking losers. There was this guy. He was really tall and he was in VIP. He kept looking at me. I was dancing and I just kept noticing that he was looking at me. And I was like, okay, you know what? Kind of cute. I'm young. I'm single. So it gets to the part of the night where my friend and I are like, okay, let's go to VIP. So we're in there and her group of friends that we're talking to are next to him and he's still staring at me. So I'm a forward little bitch. And I looked at him and I was like, do you have something to say to me? Because you've been looking at me all night. And he just giggled. He was like, come here. Let me buy you a drink. Like, I'm not going to say no. Okay, buy me a drink. Cool. And then he slides his phone over to me with, like, the new contact thing up. And he was like, here, just give me your number. And I was like, the nerve of these men thinking I'm just going to give him my fucking number. Oh, my God. Whatever. So I looked at him and I was like, really? And he was like, I just wanted to take you to dinner. I swear that's all I wanted from you. And I was like, you wanted to take me to dinner? Nobody has ever asked to take me to dinner. So immediately I'm just kind of like, that's really cute. I did tell him that he needed to excite me. I said, all these men are fucking boring out here. You can take me to dinner if you do something to excite me. Like the date has to be exciting and has to be fun. I know I'm genuinely a bitch for saying that, but is what it is. Next day, I'm sitting and I get a text and it's from him. And he goes, hey, I have a really exciting plan for us tonight. I'm going to keep it a surprise. Not going to tell you what it is because you told me I needed to excite you. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. Meet me at this place at five. And I was like, the initiative is sexy as fuck. Anyways, I get ready. I head over, meet him at that place at five. He's like, the Uber's coming. So I'm like, oh my God, he's going to fucking kill me because you know, I'm just paranoid. Like I barely know him. All I know about him is that he was a retired basketball player. And you would have thought the word retired would have stuck out to me in my head, but it didn't. So I was like, this guy's like max 27, which mind you is pretty old for me to be dating for my age. Uber comes and we pull up to this pumpkin patch. And I was like, fun little fact, always nagged my exes to take me to a pumpkin patch. And they would always be like, both of them had really weird reasons that they would not take me to a fucking pumpkin patch. They would be like, no, I don't. I don't like Halloween. No, I don't like pumpkins. What the? Who the fuck just doesn't like pumpkins? Like, what the fuck? What kind of weird-ass men were I dating? Anyways, they're my exes for a reason. It's specifically because they wouldn't take me to pumpkin patches. I'm kidding. So I was like, oh, wait, that's kind of cute that you brought me to a pumpkin patch. You, like, you don't know that my trauma with pumpkin patches and how much I love them and how my exes, like, ruined my life every fall by not taking me to one. You don't know that. So I told him, I was like, that's actually really cute. I've always wanted to go to a pumpkin patch. He was like, yeah, I just thought it would be... Like really cute like there's good pictures all these things so then we go we get the admissions first of all it was like 70 dollars to get into this pumpkin patch pulls out his wallet i was like good boy then we're walking through the pumpkin patch and we sit to talk and we're just having really good conversation we are getting along super well i'm like oh this guy's like pretty cool actually he's not trying anything he's just being really nice really respectful where is in the conversation? And he was like, yeah, I hit a big milestone this year. And I was like, oh, um, what, what was that? He was like, I turned the big 4-0. I 
My mouth dropped. 40? He's 40. This man is 40 years old. He's almost double my age. So I'm sitting at the pumpkin patch now with a fucking 40-year-old man. I mean, my dumbass should have really recognized when he told me retired basketball player, but it just didn't hit me. So now I'm over here like, please don't fucking ask me my age. I need to leave. I need to get out of here. But the conversation's going really well. He's not even like touching me or anything like that. So I was like, you know what? Like, I'll finish off the date. Mind you, we're having a really good conversation. He then was like, let's go get some dinner. And I was like, yeah, what a good idea. And I told you guys I was heartbroken from my ex that year. He was really nice and took me to dinner. And we went on a couple more dates after that. And then he like pissed me off. And I was like, you get one chance to fucking piss me off. And then we're done. I don't know what the fuck I was on, but he was really nice to me. But, like, still, don't, I really don't know what the fuck was happening in my brain that really justified the fact that I would date 40-year-old men. So, that was, like, a one-time thing. It's so embarrassing. The 40-year-old man story, are we fucking kidding me? It's not like I knew he was gonna be 40, you know? I didn't know. Heartbreak will do crazy things to you, ladies and gentlemen. Now we're on December. I met another guy this one was my age i felt really hard for him really quickly i was so out of his league though but that's besides the point and he ended up hurting my feelings that's like the first time i think i've ever like fell for a guy we just had really good connection everything is really great the reason i'm bringing this guy up is so i can introduce you to my rebound so yeah i met this one kid he was really great we had a really great connection i really liked him and he was a really good guy, but then he obviously turned out to be a fucking asshole like the rest of them. He was a good guy, so I'm not going to even hold anything against him. But my feelings were kind of hurt after we stopped talking. You know I don't like to admit that shit, so the fact that I'm admitting my feelings were hurt after we started talking, I was like, you know what? Let me pull up my roster. If you guys haven't heard my roster episode, you should listen to the last episode I recorded. Pulled up one of the guys on my roster and started putting a lot more focus on him just because I was actually kind of hurt from the other guy and I was like you know what I'm not gonna ever give a guy the opportunity to let him feel like he hurt me so I'm just gonna keep going on my roster and I'm gonna go to the next guy like that is what it is this guy I'm gonna introduce you to he is called my rebound and you guys are gonna hear about my rebound a lot through the rest of this episode but, I mean, he started off, I was like, I would literally never fucking date this guy ever in my life. But he's a great rebound. We would fight a lot, actually, and get in little arguments and stuff. But he was, like, a great rebound. My rebound didn't live in my state. So we would just spend nights FaceTiming each other and stuff like that. And I really got to know my rebound well. And I was like, I'm literally never gonna ever fucking date this kid ever. I'm gonna leave you guys with that. And we'll get back to my rebound in a minute. So in January, I made conservatory, and that is the best comedy program in comedy. And you have to audition to get in, and there are six levels, and you have to re-audition at level three. But to even get in was such an amazing thing. And I'm one of the youngest in the program, so it was a dream of mine since I was a little girl in comedy to get into that conservatory program. So to get into that program was just an amazing thing. I called my mom. I think she cried. 
called my uncle. He also cried because they were so proud of me for getting into it. Amazing thing to start my year off with. My rebound and I got a little bit more intense. I was still on the mindset, like, I'm literally never going to fucking date this guy, but he's fun to talk to. He's taking my mind off the other guy. Like Also in January, I got a second show. So this show I was directing, writing, producing, and starring in again. It was a lot of pressure after the first show because I sold out my first show. So that was also a really big thing in July was that I sold out my first show. So this show had a lot of pressure. But after that show, everyone was like, when's the next one? When's the next one? And it takes fucking months to put on a show. It's a really long process. So I was like, oh, fuck, like I really got to get on that. And I really got to put in another show. So in January, I pitched a show and I got another show. So I was prepping for another show that was going to go up in March. Okay, February was a fun month. So All-Star Weekend was held in Chicago this year. My friend and I were like, okay, looking at everyone who's performing, looking at all, like, because there was, like, tickets to get in the club. I was like, I'm not paying to get into the fucking club. What do I look like, a man? No, I'm not paying to get into the club. To figure out where we were going to go for All-Star Weekend was a big deal. Probably the nicest club in Chicago was Tau, and DJ Khaled was performing at Tau. And I was like, oh, fuck no. I do not want to see DJ Khaled. I'd rather go to this other club and see Migos. Like, let's go see Migos at this other club. Also, I had a promoter at that club. So that night, we're at the one club waiting for Migos. We're drinking. So I guess you could say we pre-gamed at the one club. My friend was like, let's go to Tau. And I was like, okay, fine. Migos hadn't came on yet at the other club. And DJ Khaled hadn't came on at Tau either. But we were like, you know what? This one club is so fucking boring. There's no energy. It was like a weird club. And I was like, no, I'd actually rather be at Tau as well. So we get to Tau and we're in the VIP section and I'm dancing on this little bench thingy. And all of a sudden, like smoke starts like going in the air and I'm like what the fuck is happening right now and I turn and DJ Khaled is in my fucking face mind you I was talking so much shit about how I never want to see DJ Khaled like that's the last person I want to see on all-star weekend I felt like a fake-ass fan I'm up there singing every single lyric to his songs that I knew actually I didn't know any of them but when I tell you I'm in DJ Khaled's fucking face we are in DJ Khaled's face he's looking at me and I'm mouthing the lyrics of his song incorrectly might I add like I don't know what the fuck I'm singing but it's definitely not a DJ Khaled song making eye contact I'm making fucking eye contact with DJ Khaled I'm acting like I'm his biggest fucking fan because mind you there are so many people behind me that want to be where I am right now and I have to fucking sell it and act like I fucking love DJ Khaled right now even if I fucking don't he I am now DJ Khaled's biggest fucking fan All-Star Weekend was pretty interesting, to say the least. I'm going to post the videos of DJ Khaled to Midday Matcha's Instagram. After All-Star Weekend, that following weekend, I left for Aspen again. Aspen was beautiful, especially in the winter. I was skiing, eating fondue, living my best life in Aspen. I was also in the same position I was in July when I was in Aspen. I was directing, writing, producing... While I was in Aspen, so I had to do stuff over FaceTime, make sure all the scripts were done, everyone was getting the shit they needed. I was making sure everything was perfect for the show that was coming up and I had to put on in March. I'm still talking to my rebound at this point. And we were just enjoying each other's company on FaceTime. 
and really talking to each other a lot. It was still fucking annoying and I knew I would literally never date this kid and he never had a chance with me. But he was getting a little bit more bearable. And he definitely did what he needed to do. His name is Rebound for a reason. And he took my mind off the one kid that hurt my feelings. I got to celebrate my girl's birthday in the club. And that was the last time I went out before coronavirus struck the entire world. So in March, March started off for me. I was in extreme show prep. My show was going on. I had a huge tech rehearsal that we did. And I was going to be putting my show up that Friday when there was talk about Corona. Okay, people were just speaking about it about how bad it could get. So I'm still preparing to go up that Friday with this show. I've done my tech rehearsal. I've done everything I needed to do. I'm set. I'm ready. Tickets are sold. Mind you, I had sold so many tickets already. That last thing I needed to do was just perform a three-week run of the show that week. Well, the whole world shut down, but my show was one of the big things for me, and I was so excited to perform it. But it did get shut down due to corona, which was really sad and really hard. But you know what? A lot of people had a lot of hard and sad things they had to deal with. I think every single person, something in their life was affected by corona. And this was mine. Mine was my show, was the biggest thing to me. I still directed, produced, and wrote another show. So I'm very proud of myself for that. That weekend also prior, I went to a really fun concert. So my life right before corona struck the world was... I was in the club, I was at a concert, and then I was prepping for my show and still doing school as well, trying to balance everything and work. And then Corona came and shut everything down. Before Corona shut everything down, my friend and I decided to go to the psychic. My rebound and I weren't talking as much as we usually were talking. I was still looking at him like, oh, gross, he's literally still like nothing to me. So I'm at the psychic and she's telling me a bunch of things and then she goes into detail about this guy. She goes, you're going to date this guy eventually. And I literally looked at her with disgust and I said, you're fucking kidding me. There's no way I'm dating this guy. There is literally no way I'm going to date this guy. And she's like, nope, you're going to date him. You're also going to date this other guy. It was like, there's, I literally don't want to date these guys. And she was describing him to a T. Every single thing about him, his profession, everything he did, our connection and how we started talking. She knew all of it. It was like she was a fly on the wall during all of our FaceTimes. So when she told me that, I was like, you're fucking kidding me. I'm not going to date my rebound. She was like, you're going to date him. And I was like, you got me fucked up, lady. You got me actually fucked up right now. In April, I actually started to fall for my rebound a little bit. I started to catch a little bit of fucking feelings for him. Literally disgusting. My work was increased. I think I'm one of the only people during the corona time that like my work doubled. And I had to be there 20 times more. And then I decided I did have some unhealthy behaviors that I was doing in my life that I needed to actually take control of and stop doing and just become like the healthiest version of myself. So I would say in April is when I decided to really focus on myself and my health. Oh, in April, remember in my conservatory, I told you we had a re-audition for level three. So we had to do a Zoom audition. An audition is already hard, but to do it on Zoom was a very fucking challenging. It was a very weird but I ended up getting in, so it was fine. It was a successful audition, 
And then I started planning this podcast that I'm talking to you guys right now. In April was when I started planning midday. In May, I ditched my rebound. I was over him. I was over all of it. He started to get fucking rude and he needed to be put in his place. I blocked him on everything and I didn't want to hear from him. So that's how I started May. Super exciting and fun. He didn't really hurt my feelings or anything because I still viewed him as a rebound, but I will say everything the psychic said definitely stuck in my head and confused the fuck out of me. But also in May is when I launched Midday Matcha. So that was pretty fucking exciting. And then in June, my sister moved to town, which has been so exciting. She moved from Michigan to Chicago. I really started focusing on my health a lot more and everything. So everything I'm eating, everything, every workout I'm doing is super important to me. I've fallen in love with this podcast. This podcast brings me so much happiness and joy. So I will say this has definitely been a huge highlight of my entire year. I've been able to get on here every week, talk to you guys about God knows what. Also, I've dropped every single guy in my life. I told you guys on my roster episode, I don't always talk to my roster. There will be months that I don't talk to them. And I think I'm going to stay off my roster for a little while. That has been June for me so far, guys. It's been pretty exciting, pretty fun. Just restaurants are opening up. So I've been at the restaurants every weekend and bars and everything. Just having a lot of fun. And then this weekend is going to be a birthday palooza. It's going to be a lot of fun. So this week, my midday matcha must-haves are going to be birthday-related. So, uh, my first birthday-related midday matcha must-have is spray tans. I feel like if you're not getting spray tans, you should look into them because they're a lot better than bed tanning. Mind you, I do both. Be like, oh, my God, watch out for fucking skin cancer. It's like, I'm literally in the beds every day giving myself skin cancer. So, like, I don't judge. I literally don't judge whatsoever. Also, birthday playlists, I think, are a big thing. You can only listen to that, like birthday songs once a year when it's your fucking birthday so I've been listening to all these birthday songs talk about how it's my birthday and I'm a bad bitch but usually it's just like I'm a bad bitch but this time it's like my birthday and I'm a bad bitch buying yourself a birthday present I bought myself a camera I think I'm gonna buy myself one more thing for my birthday I think it's super important to buy yourself a birthday present I just think it's super important and super fun during your birthday to have every single thing you love like your coffee your favorite food all those things and just live it up because it's your birthday and you only get that once a year it was my birthday episode i really hope you guys enjoyed it you guys got a better insight of me and some crazy shit that's happened with me this year some crazy things i've done don't go date 40 year old men unless they're rich i'm kidding don't date 40 year old men but also i really hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode you guys can email me at midday matcha with two a's at the end of matcha at gmail.com for questions advice anything i love to answer those emails you guys can also follow me on instagram at livy mave that is mave as m-a-e-v-e and then midday matcha has an instagram midday matcha where i'll be posting every story i told i have videos screenshots anything you're all gonna see that all in midday matcha instagram so until next friday I'm going to go black the fuck out with my bitches and celebrate my birthday and ring it in right like the national holiday it is. I hope you guys have an amazing weekend and I will see you guys next Friday.